You are listening to This is Oklahoma, hosted by Mike Hearn, telling stories of Oklahomans and those that have made it their home. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of This is Oklahoma. Mike Hearn here, your host, back with another episode. I am down at the OKC Beautiful office with Kat and Kristen. I'm going to tell you all about what OKC Beautiful is. And I've just been told it is not a beauty salon. (laughs) Even though you guys get calls about that all the time, I thought that was hilarious. Um, I do know what it is. I've been fortunate to be on the board down here at the Young Professionals uh, recently. And... But, you know, I, I think this is going to be great to tell you about it because, you know, this whole organization does some amazing things and, you know, I want to tell the listeners about it. So, ladies, thanks so much for your time. Uh, if you'd like to introduce yourselves and tell us what you do here and when you started. Yeah, thanks for having us. Like Mike said, he just recently joined our Young Professionals group, um, and we're always grateful to have a space to tell people about what we do. So, um I am the program and marketing manager here. I've been here for almost four years. Um, That seems like a very long time in the grand scheme of things. Um, But basically what I do is implement our programs and then tell people about them. So um, our two main programs that I'm in charge of are Mother Earth, which is a school play. Um, We have three actors, Mother Earth, Darlin' Daisy, and Larry the Litterbug. They perform a play for elementary school children, teaching them about um, picking up litter, how to recycle, all of that good stuff for kind of hoping to create the next generation of environmental stewards. Um, so that is that takes up a huge um, chunk of my time. And then the other main program that I am in charge of is called Litter Blitz, which is actually happening right now. Um, so we've been picking up litter as an organization um, for 50 years now. And uh, we know that it's super important to um, citizens' quality of life and to economic development to have a clean city. Um, People feel good about themselves when they live somewhere that's clean. Um, They know that somebody's taking care of their area. They're more likely to take care of it if they see that. Um, And then, of course, there are always people here just trying to decide if they want to buy a house or do business here and nobody wants to buy a house or do business in a dirty city. So, um, that's something that's really important to us. It's really important to the city of Oklahoma city. Um, and we also partner with the mayor's office on that initiative. So if you have a neighborhood or a park or a street near you that you've noticed is littered, um, give us a call or go to our website at okcbeautiful.com and you can sign up to have your own litter cleanup team. Um, So besides those two main programs that I do, the other part of my job is um, running our social media pages and creating any of our print materials, which is fun and new for me. So I'm learning every day about that. Um, But I will turn it over to my coworker, Kat, to let you hear about what she does. Hi, Um, I run the OKC Harvest Program, which OKC Beautiful um, adopted from a couple of citizens back in 2012, a couple of amazing people who are 
stellar gardeners were talking over their garden fence about how wonderful gardens are for kids and how when you have a garden in a school, um, wonderful things happen in terms of learning and children's ability to absorb information, but also to learn about where their food comes from and all that good stuff. And they took it upon themselves to get that initiative going here in Oklahoma City. Um, They put their resources together and started fundraising and getting volunteers together, and they started putting gardens together at a number of schools around the city. Um, And then they realized that they were going to need a little support to keep this going. There was a lot of interest. Um, People were crawling out of the woodwork asking for gardens in schools. And so um, they approached uh, Oklahoma City Beautiful. Um, these two volunteers, Lisa Putt and Larry Heyman, who started this, uh, one of them was uh, on our board at the time, and she and she still is. And she approached um, our executive director, Lisa Sinar, about it and decided together that it was a great fit for our organization because we, as Kristen mentioned, are interested in developing the next generation of environmental stewards, um, people with an environmental awareness who care about the earth, who want to see um, and take pride in the environment around us, who care about it. And we've found with the Mother Earth program just how easy it is to excite kids about the earth when they're given an opportunity to learn about it, think about it, understand the impact that they as one person can have. It's just It just opens up a whole door of awareness that lasts a lifetime. So with the idea of implementing gardens in schools, the ability to reach kids and to really help them learn and make an impact was, uh, it was a no-brainer. So um, Oklahoma City Beautiful adopted, uh, kind of a, became an umbrella for OKC Harvest, which was the name of their school garden initiative. And um, ultimately, um, Larry and Lisa handed it over to OKC Beautiful. And in the, but the, by that time, they had started 24 gardens around the city. Yeah. So um, OKC Beautiful realized that they, they needed support. How are we going to manage so many gardens? And at the time, and it's, we're, we're still living through the the reality of what's happen, happening in our schools with the amount of turnover and the, the kind of strain on resources that we've experienced in OKCPS. Um, the gardens that were started initially by the people that were on board have struggled because those people have been moved around or they didn't have the resources or they've left and gone to another state. So um, when I came on board uh, in the fall of 2017, Um, My job was to kind of assess the situation, and we have gone around the block. I say, you know, the sun's gone around the earth one and a half times since I started, and we're in our third growing season. And what we're doing now is we're working on deepening our roots at the existing gardens that are active, and rather than sort of trying to add more gardens right now, we're trying to improve our presence. Um, Because what we've learned from looking at other organizations that – and I'm giving you more of the whole spiel now yeah, yeah, rather yeah. than just introducing myself. But um, no, what good. we've learned is that the the schools, um, you know, they don't have the ability to maintain the garden. So we're looking to start a pilot program in the fall where we provide a paid on-site garden educator um, to come one day a week. And so that's, that's something that's on the horizon for us. And we've just gotten a, gra- a grant to um, enable us to do that, which I can talk more about if you want. Yeah. Um, so, but my job is 
I came on board to manage the the OKC Harvest program, okay. and um, the way we kind of got me on in the door was I off manage the office half time and do gotcha. OKC Harvest the yeah, half time, and hopefully we're gonna change that so that I can do it full time and we can really yeah. take off with the garden. Program. How many gardens do we have now? Um, we still have um, 23 active gardens. We had one that um, dismantled. Um, but with the Path to Greatness, which is the uh, school district reorganization, we've lost or in the process of losing six schools that had gardens. Mm-hmm. So our numbers have decreased. But it's kind of happening at a time when, like I said, we're wanting to deepen our roots rather than spread them out. Yeah. So um, it's going to work. We're going to work it out. Um, also, the school district is is actively trying to improve the situation for the kids in schools so that they have more resources to have a better experience by by restructuring where they go to school where yeah. the, where, which buildings do we maintain and so, so forth so we are um, going to tap into that energy right now right and um, make That's some cool. big improvements because like as a kid I mean I never had any gardening stuff like that and then you know you go and you make it cool right because you're like hey you can grow all this stuff you can grow this you can grow that and then I'm sure I get some buzzed about it not just attending to flowers and that's it right because when I think of I think what I did and when a lot of people think of gardening they just think of flowers they don't think of like you know walk you know I can make my own and grow my own food and actually live from this stuff mm-hmm. so I'm sure yeah. that's pretty interesting for the kids to learn that it's, it's statistically proven that kids are much more likely to try fruits and vegetables that they have grown, mm-hmm. and they're much more likely to develop a palate for them. I don't know if you want to elaborate yeah. on that, Kat, but that's what we've seen and what has proven to be true. Yeah. Well, if you talk to any teacher or <clears throat> any educator that's been involved with a garden in a school, they will tell you that. Yeah. If the kid has any part in growing something, they are totally stoked to eat it. Right. If it's something that you pull out of the garden and hand to them and they don't know, you know, yeah. they'll be like, ew, it's dirty, you know, um, or if it's from the grocery store and they just don't have a connection to it, they're not going to want to try it. Yeah. Um, and then buying groceries, buying like healthy food is expensive too, isn't it? You know, like if so, if you can teach them to grow their own. Yeah. Then. So for a parent to go to the trouble to buy kale, wash it, cut it, mm-hmm. you know, put some seasonings in it and make it palatable. You know, if a kid is going to be like, you know, shove it to the side of the plate and eat the mac and cheese, you know, why would they want to bother doing that? So we can hopefully give a kid a chance to want to eat the kale by Mm -hmm. helping them understand, you know. Yeah, you're not this fighting is kale, and losing battle. And they held the seed in their hand, yeah. or the seedling. You know, they dug the hole, put it in, watered, and watched it grow. They'll, they'll, they'll want to eat yeah. much more likely. What age are these kids doing this? Um, we have um, gardens in pre-K through high school. Okay. So, um, and it, the majority of our gardens uh, are impacting elementary school kids at this point but um we see the 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 enthusiasm at all ages for sure how do you want to tell them about our grant that we just received Mm -hmm. i think this is a great time to announce that um well we yes it's just happened and we got a healthy communities grant from sprouts market 
Um, so we will be um, able to do a pilot program where yeah. we um, take two schools and we fund a person to be there on the ground one day a week to actually do the garden maintenance and do a lesson with the kids and work with the teachers mm-hmm. so that the teachers can come out to the garden and they don't have to say oh my gosh I can't even see the garden where we like kids pull weeds so that the kids are like uh I gotta go to the garden (laughs) so we want to make it the opposite where they go out and the soil is nice and workable and there's a plan and the teacher doesn't have to do all that work they can reap the benefits of the garden and learn in the process too of how to incorporate the garden so we're going to provide a piece of that grant is going to help us to create some training for teachers, some professional development that hopefully will um, help them meet um, demands that they already have for continuing education points and credits and that kind of thing. Um, So the grant will help us to formulate that and then um, also enable me to um, continue to support all of our other gardens while we're focusing on these two. And once we get the program in these two schools, we're, we're going to go to the community and say, look what we're able to do with a little bit of money. We can fund this person in, you know, in your school, yeah. in your kid's school, and help us do that. Because for the program to be sustainable, we need the community to kind of come together and say, yeah, we want to see this happen. Um, and Kristen mentioned that um, we have, you know, studies that show that kids are more likely to eat the food when they have a hand in it. But there's a lot of studies that will show that the academic um, scores, testing, standardized testing, even uh, outcomes are better for kids that have experiential learning in garden-based, yeah. you know, environments. Um, the they have emotional benefits, you know, physical benefits, the health aspect. Um, it is full spectrum. Right. What we can do. Teaches all aspects. That's yeah. really cool. I'm sure it's cool to see the kids like actually get involved in it too and really like dive into it and get mm-hmm. their hands dirty and and then eat the food that they grow. I think one thing that we have to convey a lot is that there's so much more that can be learned in the garden that goes beyond gardening and math and science. Yeah. You can take kids out there to write poetry, you can take kindergartners out there to learn their letter sounds, you can measure volume. I mean there's so so much that goes beyond just the plants and the soil. Right. There's like, it's just, you're creating an outdoor space for kids to be in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and science, science is obviously the, you know, the first thing that comes to life for yeah. kids. I mean, this past spring I went to class, you know, all the classes I went to, we had a discussion about what goes on underneath the soil. What happens, how do plants get nutrients from a leaf that falls on the ground? And we're talking to pre-K kids, so their their doors are opening in their minds, yeah. you know, that will spark questions that will then feed into biology, you know, and ecology mm-hmm. and things that they're going to learn in school. So it's, it's, it's exciting. Like, one of the schools, the irrigation is one of our main challenges everywhere we go. Yeah. And... Um, like the the water pressure at one of our schools is not very good for for whatever reason it, it makes it so that the drip system doesn't work right so i said well we're going to have somebody come out and look at this well let's have the students do it let's have the students come out with a bucket and a t- stopwatch or a timer and figure out what our gallons you know per minute is coming out yeah. of our you know and so the teachers lit up she's like yes that is so cool. We're going to do that. We're going to figure out what <laughs> what our flow rate is on our building, <laughs> and then we will take that to the principal and explain we need to fix this problem. Right. <laughs> you know, and so there's just so much 
so much creates a space for them to be engineers if yeah. you will well, sure, I think the whole like, just creates more awareness too and I know you mentioned just going outside is huge for a kid now because it's hard enough to get them outside anyway when you get them mm-hmm. outside if the weather's good in Oklahoma mm-hmm. we'll see <laughs> but if you get them outside and then you show them all these productive things that they can do and they actually get buzzed about it and you know enjoy it then like I said, you have all these benefits that come from it, and then they do go to being a scientist, an engineer, whatever it is, mm-hmm. in these schools that without this, they wouldn't have never had that opportunity, and you never even know that that door is an option. Right. You know, right. so I'm sure you guys love seeing that as well. Yeah. Uh, and you have, you know, this is not like you have grants and stuff. This is purely from, you guys aren't, you know, but you don't get funding from the city, right? Or funding from, it's all private or grant. Mm -hmm. Correct. We don't receive any city, state, or federal funding at this conjuncture. We actually are at a point where we may be receiving a federal grant for Mm -hmm. our Mother Earth program, um, which we're looking to expand into infinitely more schools than we are now. But at at this moment, we don't receive any public funding. But yes, a lot of private funding from our very generous donors and also grants like like Sprouts that Kat mentioned. Mm -hmm. And then... The funding that you guys raise and not being involved with you guys, obviously we have a lot of events too. Tell me a little bit about the events that you guys have. What's like the biggest event of the year? And then, you know, we can talk about up and coming events too. Yeah. So um, this year we're having three uh, main fundraising events. We actually just had one in March that was our 35th annual Distinguished Service Awards luncheon. <laughs> it's a mouthful. Um, but we honor uh, businesses and individuals from around the city for what they have contributed to OKC, um, whether that's environmentally or economically. Um, we we honored OnQ. Paycom, and we honored past councilwoman uh, Meg Salyer, and it was just, it was really fun. We raised a lot of money and have a lot of support for that event. Um, Our next upcoming fundraiser will be on Saturday, May 18th at 11 a.m. at Kerr Park. It is our Bloomin' Brunch. so that will just be a time for us to go out and enjoy the park. If you haven't been to Kerr Park since it's been renovated, it's a beautiful park. There's public art and green grass and lots of seating. Um, we'll have tables set up for for breakfast, and then we'll have um, do-it-yourself mimosas and Bloody Marys, which is all the incentive I need to be there. <laughs> um, and, and we'll have live music, and people can lounge out on the lawn, and we're very hopeful that uh, Mother Earth will cooperate with us on that day and give us some good weather. Um, And then our third main fundraising event is this year will be our second annual Fall Harvest Fest. So that is really a time when we um, highlight our OKC Harvest program. It is a chili cook-off and kind of just celebrating all things fall and the abundance that fall harvest brings. We last year and, and this year we will too had a, a pop-up farmer's market with some of the produce from our kids' schools. Um, we had live music. We had restaurants bringing their chilies out, um, community members. We had a the big friendly beer truck. It's a I don't, I don't know if you've seen the big friendly beer truck. Giant but it's be, Yeah, bus, it's right. like a bus, a school bus that's been converted into yeah. A mobile tap room. So um, just a really fun event. Again, outside, it was at Del Mar Gardens in the Farmer's Market District last year, and it will be again this year. They are gracious enough to allow us to use that space for free because our uh, missions are so co-aligned. 
Um, so those are our big three main fundraising events. And then throughout the year, we host events really just to tell people about who we are and to get people not only involved in the community, but involved in their public parks and green spaces. So um, April through October, we host Yoga in the Park. Um, our first Yoga in the Park was April 9th on Will Ro- at Will Rogers, and there were, I think, 30 people there. Mm-hmm. And our next one will be this coming Monday, April 22nd at... Um, Mesta Park. <laughs> I forgot. I've been throwing around so many different parks to have these at. But the idea is that we hop around to different parks in the metro to highlight our public parks and and show people this is a park you can come hang out in. This is a park where you can bring your kids or do yoga or have a picnic. And a lot of times we get people out there who say, I didn't even know this park existed. And there'll be, you know, big parks like yeah. Bluff Creek and Martin Nature Park. And they're like big acreages right in the middle of the city that are ripe for exploring and people sometimes don't even know they're there because they're new to the city or that's just not their thing but yeah. now maybe it is um, so that's been really really fun for us to do and that is free to the community um, it is every other week either on a Monday or a Wednesday so you can see um, on our website at okcbeautiful.com you can see a list of all of the dates that we have set up for that Um, And then we also have uh, a young professionals group, the group that Mike is involved in. Um, We plan events every other month that are planned by young professionals, sort of for young professionals, but we don't leave anyone out. Um, If you're out there and you want to come, we welcome you. Um, Our next event is, uh, we just changed the date. It's next Thursday. Yeah, next Thursday, April 25th. We had to postpone it because of the horrific hailstorm last night. Um, But it is a streetcar beer crawl. And the idea is to highlight the the blossoming public transportation system in Oklahoma City um, by showing people how they can ride the streetcar rails and still do the fun things that they're doing without you know, having to use rideshare apps or, yeah. or having to drive and find a safer and greener way to do it. Because if you did not know, the streetcar is 100% electrically powered. Um, it is the only public transportation in Oklahoma City, I really hope I'm right on that, <laughs> that is electrically powered. Um, so it is a very environmentally friendly way to get around. Um, and we'll also have our two new Uh, elected city council members, Joe Beth Hammond and James Cooper. They are both huge public transportation advocates, and they'll be there to just meet and greet and talk with people. We'll also have a representative from Embark um, to talk about, to to just to be there to answer people's questions and um, to be able to talk about the expansion of Oklahoma City's public transportation and, and sort of the unique issues that we face and being such a um, large city landmass wise. Um, one interesting fact that I always like to tell people is that Oklahoma City is the second largest city in the United States behind Houston um, with with a much smaller population than most cities its size. So yeah. we're working with a very small amount of tax dollars to manage a very large square amount miles. of, uh, uh, yes, a very yeah. many square miles. So it makes for a unique challenge, especially when you're talking about public transportation. Um, but yeah, join us for the streetcar beer crawl. It's on Thursday, April 25th. We'll be going to Elk Valley Brewing, which is a new brewery in Midtown. And then we're going to head down to the old favorite Fassler Hall and then um, to another n- new-ish brewery, uh, Vanessa House. And they're they're all going to be there telling us about their most popular brews mm-hmm. and just kind of 
talking yeah talking about what they do tapping into no pun intended uh, <laughs> that was not intentional uh, tapping into oklahoma city's local brewery scene that's just been exploding too yes and that's one thing that i kind of been, i've really enjoyed with the young professionals group is that like we are using you know creative ways to bring people out to talk about getting green and doing all this thing to sustain you know and make the city better looking and cleaner than it was when we came right? yeah um you know we had the coffee and composting mm-hmm. um event at eote coffee shout out to todd for having us there that was a good time um and i and that was a perfect example for just a wide variety of people that we had right we had people that are you know in their 20s to people who are in their 50s just engaging and mm-hmm. having a great time and learning now I know all about composting and I have a worm bin in my kitchen. <laughs> I don't think he really wanted one, but he has one and my now. My <laughs> wife was like, yes, I'll take that. Um, yeah, we got together at Eote Coffee and uh, we had about 30 people there and we made worm composting bins and mm-hmm. um, got our hands dirty and learned about how to compost in your kitchen. And that's really the whole goal of our young professionals group is to get Oklahoma City citizens to fall in love with their city and um, to learn how to live a greener lifestyle mm-hmm. while doing it. Yeah. I've seen out there, and some, some of these people might see this as well, is, you know, the bigger sponsors, the companies, the paycoms, they can sponsor, like, a median, is that right? Do you want to talk mm-hmm. a little bit about that and how, like, we can, bigger companies, if anybody's listening that runs a big company, can get involved, can sponsor, like, a median and how do they do that? Yeah, so that is probably our most recognizable program. And I'll yeah. kind of address that while addressing our um, histories and organizations. So we started in 1968. We're 51 years old this year um, as a subcommittee of the Oklahoma City Chamber of Commerce, um, really for exactly what you're talking about, for medium beautification and litter. Um, but... We have expanded in the last 20 years to include more education, um, but we still hold on to those anti-litter um, programs and the medium beautification. So, as I mentioned, that's probably what we're most recognized for now. Um, we help maintain 30-plus uh, public green spaces in the city. Most of them are medians. Um, and that is a partnership between us and the city of Oklahoma City and a private business. So it's a great marketing opportunity for a business because they have a mm-hmm. sign on the median with their name on it that's seen by thousands of cars that pass every day. Um, and a lot of those businesses will um, beautify the medians that are directly in front of their business. Um, so Dental Depot is one of our big um, sponsors for that program. Um but yeah, we, we've been doing that for years and years now, and that's just a great way for businesses to give back to their community and um, really kind of beautify their space and show, show citizens how important and how easy it is to, to take care of their space. And that's easy for them to get involved in and how, like, any, yeah. anybody can do that. Any sure, yeah, that, right? you just give us a call at yeah. 525-8822 if you're interested in adopting a median and we can work with you to help get it irrigated and planted. We'll work with the city to get all of the permits that are necessary to make that happen. Yeah, that's really cool. What I want to know what like keeps you guys going, what keeps you guys here and keeps you, because I'm sure there's other opportunities out there of working and doing other jobs and making more money or whatever it is. Um you know, what keeps you going? What, why, why do you work here? 
I'll let Kat answer that first. (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, it's kind of a dream job here for me because I get to put my experience with sustainable horticulture and sustainable agriculture to work in an environment with kids. Um, I am I am a new mom. I have a one and a four year old. So previous to this, I managed small farms and um, was you know really out doing a lot of the physical labor of growing. And so now I can um, teach young kids how to do it on a small scale, and it's just incredibly rewarding. Um, and I feel like I'm. Uh, helping to, like we were talking about, bring up a generation of um, children that are going to be sensitive about the environment. Um, And that's going to impact our city, you know, in wonderful ways that that aren't really tangible right now, but it will become tangible, you Mm -hmm. know. So um, that really fuels fuels my fire and, um, you know, makes me want to get up and come to work. So what about you? Uh, (laughs) I feel very similarly to Kat. um, And I would say this to a stranger in the street, not just because I'm being recorded on a podcast right now. I love my job. I feel very, very lucky that at the age of 29, I found a job that I like. Some people go their whole lives never getting to have a job that they wake up and get excited about. Um, And I do. You know, when I think about if I ever ever were to uproot my life and live somewhere else, my job would be the hardest thing here to leave. Um, and and part of that is uh, in college I majored in advertising and I worked for some advertising firms and I sold advertising space and it was not for me. It's um, hard work. It's really hard work. It's hard. It's um, it, I I just don't think that I'm meant to work in a for-profit environment. Um, I feel very fueled by giving back to the community, um, and I, I see myself for certain working in nonprofit for the rest of my life and mm-hmm. and staying at OKC Beautiful for the foreseeable future. Do you guys have a favorite event that you do? Well, Kristen Mastermind the. Of the Harvest Fest last year was our first ever, and she just said, "I want to try this," and it was just so fun. And it's nice too because OKC Harvest, the school garden program we talked about, is um, is new as well. And it just it was a way to highlight that in a fun way for the city. So um, that's my new favorite um, event because you know. Fall is when all the harvest actually starts happening, so we get mm-hmm. to actually celebrate it. I would agree with that. I think it's really cool that we get to combine a fundraising event with our mission and really highlight what we do. You don't often get that opportunity in a fundraising environment to say, to show off what you do, and, and that's what we did, and it was mm-hmm. really just laid back and fun and yeah. people of and all the, ages the weather in Oklahoma City is best in the fall and people don't realize this but it's the best time to garden it's so you good know? in the fall, <laughs> yeah. it just comes to September and October and you're like oh it's 70 degrees and it's perfect yeah. whereas this been all summer yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. and that, that really is the best time to have your garden so yeah. but it's also the time that things like that have struggled to grow all summer actually start growing and the tomatoes actually you know come on and the peppers and eggplant and whatever else so yeah yeah, so that was I think that was that's probably my new favorite event. But I I love going to yoga in the park too, and honestly, I mean I get to plan the young professionals events, and they're fun to me too. So yeah, um, 
I don't know. I like them all. I yeah. guess because usually I'm uh, planning them, I'm so I plan events that I want to attend. <laughs> I'm pretty excited about the amount of people that came to our coffee and compost mm-hmm. um, event. Where who knew so many people wanted I was to make this? <laughs> we had we had people calling asking to be put on the waiting list, and I had to like hold my breath because I couldn't believe it. So I mean, the kids and weren't that we do a worm bin building activity with. Um, schools because a lot of teachers are challenged by the 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 prospect of getting their kids outside to use the garden so we decided to do worm bins because it was a way to bring the garden inside and build build a kind of bridge in their minds you know by understanding this is something that's going to benefit our garden now we've got all this compost we can go put it outside and so so yeah it's a real natural thing and and it is the one thing that gets the kids the most excited is getting to hold a worm and (laughs) dig around in the worm bin like i did a worm bin this morning at bodine elementary and i you know, I'm like trying to get the kids' hands back out of the bin <laughs> so I can let them experience holding one, you know. Yeah. I have to also protect the worms. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the worms get overhandled sometimes. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's really, worms are fun. Well, cool. Yeah, I, I mean, I've learned so much, so much more as well, you know, <laughs> from, from just listening to you guys talk about it and seeing your passion for it's really cool as well because I know that people on the other side get to see that and get to you know, get hyped and buzzed about, you know, creating clean, sustainable, mm-hmm. you know, stuff and space, right? Yeah. Well, um, I'm, when I moved here 10 years ago, you know, this... Well, more from than, California, yeah. by the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's been more than 10 years now. Um, it's like night and day. The culture here has sort of opened up and uh-huh. sort of evolved. I don't know how long you've been here. Seven, but, I've been here. Seven okay. years, yeah. Yeah, so the transformation, is, it's ongoing, and it is just, it's beautiful to be a part of. So that's another thing mm-hmm. that excites me about working here is that we're a big part. We can be a big part of it. Yeah. We can kind of spur it on and support it and, you know, help continue this growth. You know, yeah. maybe, maybe one day we can strive to the level mm-hmm. of sustainability that is California. <sighs> Yeah, well, I mean, getting my program funded for the long term is going to be a big job. Yeah. But I think that people are going to see how wonderful it is and want to come help. Mm -hmm. What is, like, um, that's one of the goals, too, for the future, but where do you see OKC Beautiful ideally going in the next 10 years? I'll answer that, I guess. Um, So I definitely see um, an expansion of our education programs where we really are um, a staple at the schools. Um, Kat was talking about OKC Harvest earlier and um, a kind of a way to explain what we envision that program being, and Kat's heard me say this a million times, but is that it's sort of another special. So kids go to PE, they go to art, and they go to garden, where it's a, just another skill um, and opportunity for them to have. But um, yeah, I would say the future of Oklahoma City Beautiful is definitely education. Um, being more involved as the city is rolling out, um, you know, the city rolled out last year single stream recycling, and we were pretty heavily involved in that. But as the city is rolling out sustainability measures, really being a partner with them on educating citizens on not only how to do it, but why it's important. Um, yeah, I guess those would be the two main mm-hmm. points that I would have. Kat, do you have anything to add? 
No, I think that's it. I mean, we want to be, we want gardens to be integrated into our school system. And mm-hmm. so right now we're starting to create partnerships with people within the district where there's interest and excitement around that and just solidify that and make Oklahoma Public Schools a place where kids get an amazing opportunity to learn with hands-on learning in the garden. Yeah. One other thing that I wanted to mention is that we we are working with um, the Inasmuch Foundation to uh, sort of rehab the the medians on Chartel, um, that's sort of in the Paseo district up to Crown Heights. Um, and we're working with the uh, City of Oklahoma City's Squeeze Every Drop program, which is their water conservation program, to make it sort of a model for um, sustainable native planting. And um, so that's another piece that I see being our future is being a model of how to um, plant with Oklahoma native plants in a way that is pretty and sustainable. I mean, when you think about beautiful landscaping, you don't always think about Oklahoma landscape, yeah. but we want to be able to show people that there is a way to do it that is environmentally friendly um, and native mm-hmm. planting native plants in Oklahoma is so important for a variety of reasons, not just for saving water, but also because we are a huge stop for monarchs on their journey south and also for pollinators in general. When we remove the, the native plants um, from the landscape, mm-hmm. the pollinators don't Thrive. So if we can if we can get people to start planting native plants, they're not only going to save money because they're not watering their yards as much, but it'll be better for the environment and the ecosystem and the animals in general. Yeah. Awesome. And these to get involved, they can reach out on the website okcbeautiful.com and then social media channels. And yes. Mm-hmm. All, your all the channels. Yeah. <laughs> all your contact. I know you. If you go on the website, your contact information is all in there as well. You can email you guys directly. And, Get involved, mm-hmm. however Come you want to get involved. Come to our brunch in yeah. May yeah. and have a fun time there. Come do yoga in the park with us. It's free. Yoga in the park it's is free. free. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the brew tour is 25th of this month. That's right. Next right. Thursday. Yeah. yeah. And you can sign up on the website. Is that right? On Facebook. Um, on Facebook. Okay. Yeah. Or on Eventbrite. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Kat, Kristen, thank you so much for the time. Thank uh, you. Thank you for having us. Dive in as much as possible to get involved. Yoga in the park. It's free. I definitely go to that one first because if you don't want to spend money, don't spend money. <laughs> but if you do want to spend money, uh, these girls do a great job of using that money to better the city, make it clean, and the kids of the future as well. So, uh, yeah, reach out to them. I'll put all the links in the description. And, yeah, thanks for listening. We'll catch you next week. Cheers. Thank you for listening. We are inspired by those around us and hope that you are too. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review so we can keep telling your stories. For more great Oklahoma content, follow This Is Oklahoma on Facebook and Instagram. podcast was produced by Mike Hearn and Ian Weston, mixed by Alan Brown, with music by Chad Durow.